All right, welcome back to another episode of Petty's Pod. We got another great Prem episode coming up for you guys. A huge weekend in the Prem. Arsenal, Villa, Chelsea again losing in Liverpool with another big win heading into uh, two huge games this weekend against United. We talk about that, obviously, and then next week against Arsenal, big game there. Uh, but yeah, we get into our top 10 teams in the Prem this year so far. Not what we think of the top 10 in the table right now. So Combo and I are back. Game picks again. We will have a table coming out on my Instagram on Monday on who's winning in that after this weekend's picks. So stay tuned for our picks. There's some some bold takes this week. Obviously, his combo goes into a huge game against his rival United as a Liverpool fan. So we it's a very fun episode. Stay tuned in. Stay locked in. And let's get straight into it. All right, welcome back into the studio. Another remote pod this week, a little bit later than usual, but we got we got Combo on call once again. What's going on, Combo? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Um, we are going to get straight into uh, Prem Talk this week. I know Champions League wrapped up this week, but we 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 talked about that a couple of weeks ago. There's nothing nothing too shocking there, other than Manchester United's performance, but that's not even shocking. Um, but let's let's get into uh, how we open up every pod. Combo, I'll let you go first again. Liverpool this week. Uh, just kind of, just kind of look forward a little bit for Liverpool because I know, I know uh, for Arsenal as well. It's just kind of that that game is circled right now. Yeah, no, I mean the last game, I, I said, I said it over and over again. The last couple weeks on the, on the pod was that like this upcoming stretch would be really vital to our champion, to our, our league title hopes. I mean, we had Fulham, Palace, and Sheffield, and I said over and over again, if we're, if we're a serious contending team, we have to win all three. And in Liverpool fashion, we won all three, but we, we, we waited to the very end a couple of times to get it done. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought the Palace game was a good one. I mean, Palace away is always a tough, it's always a tough game to go to. We go down 1-0, give with two penalties, one was called, one was not. Um, but then, you know, just, just us being us, Mo gets a goal, and then Harvey comes on, Harvey Elliott comes on the 90s minute bang. I think I think it's all a crazy stat. Like, it's like the 17th goal in the club era past the 90th minute, which is like the most all-time, something ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a good spot. Villa, De Villa, Villa gave us some gave us some help beating Arsenal. We're one point at the top of the table. I mean, we have united on Sunday. That's going to be a great game. I mean, Unfortunately for us, United's going to be without Harry Maguire and Bruno Fernandez, so that kind of sucks for us. But, <laughs> but I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's just going to be a great game at Anfield, and we're also I remember Tyler, like Tyler saw, but we're also in building the the Liverpool added ten thousand more seats to Anfield Row, yeah, and it's finally being revealed this Sunday first United. So now it's going to be instead of it being forty thousand, it's going to be about fifty-seven to sixty thousand Liverpool Reds screaming. So I think that's going to make Anfield even more of a fortress. And and Colin, you know what I'm looking at right now in my room, back at home, my my Anfield Road L4 license plate, dude, from the United Liverpool game at Anfield. Uh, this, this this game is 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 I'm a Liverpool fan for this game, dude. I just want you to know that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but no, yeah, you guys obviously you talked about it. One one key games, not against big teams, but they're key games still. Um, while Arsenal go play uh tougher teams, obviously losing to Villa last weekend. Um, you guys are one point ahead of them now, basically with the same record. Um, if we were looking at it in NFL terms, you guys would be like one game ahead of them. Um, stuff like that, plus three goal difference. Is is there a world where United win this weekend combo? I know we're getting the game picks, but but if they do, United, I think, or Arsenal have uh, 
Who's Arsenal have this weekend? Someone terrible, right? Yeah. Uh, Brighton. Yeah, yeah Brighton. Uh, yeah, Brighton aren't very good. Uh, they have a ton of injuries. Um, but yeah, is there? You guys, you guys go lose to United at home in you know the because un- United have been fine in the Prem this year. Um, even though they they just lost three 0 to Bournemouth at home. Um, is there a world where you guys lose this game? Because I don't think there is. Listen, I, I I think it would be naive of any fan to sit here and say that a top six game is going to be an easy win. You know what I mean? Like, 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 this is a Premier League. No matter who's on form, no matter who's not on form, any team could be anybody any given week. You know what I mean? How many times have we seen Palace take points off City? Or Luton Town take points off Liverpool? Or Bournemouth beat United 3 You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you never know. However, I think in this one, Liverpool, this is a game Liverpool should win. This is a matchup Liverpool have dominated since the club era began. This is a matchup I think the boys are always up for. The thing about Liverpool is we, we are a top team in the world. However, we always we always wait to turn on a switch. But like, like, whenever we play a small team, we always flip the switch too late. You know what I mean? Like we never go. Like I know, if, if you play sports in high school, you've heard this. You've heard this analogy a thousand times from your coaches. You know what I mean? Like we always wait to turn it up until it's too late. Right. But for big games, we always turn up. So I'm expecting another thriller. I'm expecting another three, four, five goals. I mean, most of all has twelve goals in this in this matchup for United his entire career. So we all know like a Mo goal is almost guaranteed on Sunday. I don't, I'm gonna put it out there. So he's, he's gonna score. Um, I think especially because right now because Varane's hurt, Maguire's hurt. So it's gonna be what's gonna be what Johnny Evans at center back. Yep. And if he's if he's throwing at center back, then Darwin Nunes is gonna have a day. We're looking at a back line of what Luke Shaw. Well, I, I mean their their injury list is absolutely well, ridiculous for this game. Like, right. I don't know and who's then, the other center back because I don't think Martinez then, is healthy either. And then they have Onana in goal, which means Dominic Schoenfeld is going to score a banger from from the halfway line because it's going to be an error. Yeah. So like, I'm, that's, that's at least two or three goals that we should score. So and it is at Anfield. So if it was away at United, I give United more of a chance. But come on, let's be real. Like, like this is the game Liverpool should win a thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, Liverpool sit at the top of the table right now. Uh, we kind of called it both uh, early on in the season that they would be the team to pass City, but. Yeah, obviously, next week, um, our last pod, probably before Christmas, maybe before the New Year, we'll be talking that a huge, massive game against Arsenal, probably the base of the season so far. Um, for me, Chelsea recap, uh, called a, called Combo, or I, I sent Combo a voice message, after, actually, after Chelsea's last game. Combo, do you want to tell him what, uh, what that voice message said? That voice message, if, if I remember him on the line, if I remember him on the line, let's just say... Tyler was not very happy with how Chelsea had been performing. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't very happy, and I, I I made it official that if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, uh, you know that last year Will, Franzen, and I would come on here and joke that, that Chelsea's in a relegation battle. It's officially not a joke, dude. We just lost to a team that uh, had a 10-point deduction, and without that deduction, they would be ahead of us in the table, and they're considered one of the worst in the prep. Uh, 2-0, yeah. 2-0 at Everton. Um, shocking, shocking performances from just multiple players. Cole Palmer, his by by far his worst worst uh game in a Chelsea shirt. Uh, Broya is obviously not better than Nico Jackson, if not worse. Uh, but it's hard to be worse than him, so I won't say that. Um, Mudrik, uh, just officially just does not have the it factor combo. I know we've been waiting and waiting to see it. 
just does not have it. Caicedo and Enzo, again, just show that they are not, you know, a quality pairing in that midfield. And it's clogged up by Gallagher's. And I'm back on the hating Connor Gallagher trade combo. It's just, it's just, it's just, you know, every time Enzo and Caicedo want to switch the ball or like play tiki taka, they, they determine how the, how Chelsea plays those two players right there. And it's just clogged up by Gallagher because he's either super far back or super far forward. Um, there's no consistency from him in the game. Um, and then, yeah, Reese James goes down with an injury again, again. And it's just, it's officially, I mean, I, I saw this after the, uh, when he came off, actually, uh, he went to Poch, like, gave him a little hug, and then he walked away, and Poch kind of looked back at him uh, as the camera went away. But he looked back at him, and it was, you know, I said to my dad, I was like, that's a look of, of you're getting sold as soon as possible. Like, it's just, it's too much. Like, I love Reese James. He's been one of my favorite players. Um since the Lampard era, one of my favorite players Lampard brought up uh, from the academy over that transfer ban. Obviously, no idea why we made him captain, though. Like, that's just way too much pressure for a guy that just cannot can't, cannot stay healthy. Um, but yeah, we are uh, officially in a relegation battle if we lose or draw to Sheffield this weekend combo. This is such an easy game to have in this stretch right now. Uh, awful game against United awful game against Everton, played terrible against Brighton, somehow managed to win 3-2 with the red card. And then you go Newcastle, Wolves, Palace. Those are three tough games for Chelsea right now. And then Sheffield is this weekend. Oh yeah, Newcastle's in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. But Sheffield's this weekend, huge, massive game, have to win at home. And Kunku's back officially. Uh, He was announced he's in the roster uh, this morning, I think, maybe yesterday. Um, Massive game. We'll get into it in game picks. But yeah, Chelsea are done. Uh, no idea where to go. There's no, there's no response, combo. And I want to get your take on a team that is supposedly one of the, not even one of the biggest in England, but one of the biggest in Europe. Uh, just kind of being satisfactory with being terrible. Yeah, I, th- I think it comes from the very top. I think when it comes to like big clubs, especially like a team like Chelsea, who've been dominant for the most part of the 2010s, like the 2010s and the early. Have and like have been, it's been Chelsea's era, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. I mean, we've won most multiple Premier League titles, European Cups. Like it's been a dominant era, but unfortunately, era like like not not to sound like Eric Tenag, but like eras do come to an end, and sometimes you have to restart. It happens to everybody, every sports team, over and over again. And I think right now, just Chelsea, Chelsea's have to restart and go again. Like I think you're in those dog days of finding your identity as a club again you know what i mean like you you, you, you don't have the strong-willed uh amrovich like how do you say his name amrovich whatever whatever abramovich abramovich excuse me like you, you don't you don't have that like consistent strong um ownership that you used to have before you have an owner who just wants to make money from the club and he even though he's, he's trying to put money into the club he's just hiring he's doing all the wrong things and so I think when you have that kind of dysfunction from the top, there's no way that the club will be able to perform. You know, what I mean, like you yeah. have to be a well, you have to be a well-oiled machine to be dominating English football. The the managing partners have to agree with the manager. The manager has to have the right coach. The coaches have to be able to fit in with the player. Like, like, like it's not, it's not, it's not like we've seen this over and over again, with, like with United, whereas they have crappy managers. They, 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 um, terrible owners and they buy these managers who don't fit the system and then those those managers buy players who are high in quality but don't fit the team. Yeah. And we see it over and over again. And if you can't if you can't find that common ground between 
from manager, owner, and players, you're never going to be successful. Yeah. And unfortunately, Chunks is going through one of those hard times right now. Like I said, like I've, I've said all year, there's going to be a lot of growing pains here for Chelsea fans, and I think you're all just in the heart of it right now. Here's the thing. Abramovich was such a good owner, not because he came in with money and just kind of used Chelsea as a way to spend it, I think, instead of earning, even though he did make a, a ton of money. I mean, I did a I did a research paper. I mean, Kamala, you know this, but like I when I what I found in that was he bought him for like two hundred mil and sold him for like four four point seven billion. Uh yeah. that's unbelievable. Um but he was such a good owner because he would and part of part 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 of this had to do with him being uh freaking banned from the country, but uh he would just sit back and Mourinho I, I remember Mourinho told a story about how they brought bought uh Drogba. He would just sit back. He would be. He would let Mourinho and whoever was coaching come to him and be like, "All right, I want this guy for this reason. Uh, spend the money." And then he would spend the money, and that's why Chelsea were were called, you know, sort of an oil club. I know that they they don't 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 have oil money like uh, like a Newcastle or a PSG or a City, but they would spend a lot of money on players that weren't high up in you know rank. I mean, Drogba. I think Mourinho said he was the eleventh striker uh, on their list. Um, when they were looking for a new striker, but he would go to Abramovich and he would say, I want this guy for this reason. He would spend the money. Bully, on the other hand, is the one who determines who they're going to buy. You know, it's yeah. not like, I mean, the last player I remember a manager coming out for Chelsea and saying this, like, I wanted this guy for this reason was when Tuchel brought in Cucurella as one of his last guys. Because um, he said, Chilwell is struggling with health. We need a backup left back. Um, that obviously turned out to be a terrible idea, but um that's the last time i remember that that was almost that was over two years ago uh everyone else this summer bullies had to say it and bullies had a there's a quote about them buying these players and it's just kind of like you know just let potch handle it let him work this team and and, and you know what i mean but like it's shocking and, and you brought up a good point about everyone has to connect it has to be a chain reaction from bully down um and, and that's why teams like liverpool are so good uh, because you guys have such a fo- solid foundation uh, with Klopp and, and that, but you, it's hard to pick up where things go wrong for Chelsea. Is it, it right now? It's the players, in my opinion. Combo. What, what, what's your take? Yeah, no, I, I think obviously we've already talked about how the ownerships have had its issues. I think the players just aren't working. Like obviously, if you start from the, if you start from the back forward, I think you you, you can say that Robert Sanchez has been a solid goalie. Yeah. You know, let's look at the back line. The revolving door of injuries between Cucurella, whether it's Reese James, whether it's Desasi, Chago Silva is getting a bait, is getting old. Wesley Fofan is barely playing. Like your back line, that that structure of your defense, that spine, that like it's it's been it's been it's been almost non-existent since Chelsea have had to like revamp in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then then you're like, all right, you know what, injuries happen, what can you do? Then you then look at the midfield. So the only stable midfield you guys have been able to have a couple of years is one, Enzo, and he got here literally last January. Yeah. And then you have Connor Gallagher who was on low at was on low at Palace a year ago as well. Yeah. So if you have two guys who barely who bleed Chelsea more than anybody else in the club, but they've only been there for about seven, eight, nine months, really. Yeah. You know, and obviously Gallagher was an academy kid, but I mean, like actual first team experience with the club. No, that's a good point. So then, so then you look at those two. They're like, all right, man, okay, fine. Who, who, who are our attackers? The 
you know, I think I think the other attacker you know, I have is Sterling. He's been there for two years, it seems now. Yeah. You know, I mean, this, this is his second year. So you have all of this like inconsistency and not really familiar, like an unfamiliarity within the squad. You're not going to get points. Yeah. But like, like I, I, I think I said this on the pod before. If I'm Pochettino, I'm making the guys have a family dinner every week at the coach's house. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, I'm building that camaraderie, that chemistry. Because in a game like soccer, a game like football, however you want to call it, there's no play like in basketball or American football. You're like, all right, you want to go, you want to cross, you're going to clear up with the same thing. No. It's, 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 you find a triangle across the pitch, you try to find extra space, and you work together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody, like, uh, unless you're Mbappe in the 80th minute in the World Cup final, you're not taking on a team by yourself. You yep. know what I mean? So I think it comes from, like, just that they need to bond and work it out together. Like, if Juan Fonsettino, I'm forcing the guy take turns hosting the team for dinner. I'm forcing the guys to stay after practice and get extra touches. Like, I'm making them be, like, a real, like, like, like a used travel team. Like, like you do everything together. You know what I mean? Because that's the best way for them to connect and put that magic on the field. Because it's not about talent. You guys have all the talent in the world. That, that that weekly 22 we see every every game, that's one of the most talented 22s in the entire world. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it just comes down to being able to get, get it out of those players, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I just think right now the the nonchalantness is what I'm going to say from the players that week in, week out. I mean, Reese James had an interview. I can't remember which day we played this weekend, whether it was Saturday or Sunday. I think it was Sunday. Uh, yeah, it was Sunday last week, and then Reese James and I want to say Cucurella had an interview on Monday for some show. Like, what are we doing? Like, you lost, you got embarrassed by a way lesser team, twenty four. And and combo, you like to bring up the point of uh, of like the the team you're playing's like whole you know payment is significantly less than yours. Everton's payroll is probably a billion dollars less than Chelsea's, and you got embarrassed right. by them. And then you go on some like talk show less than twenty four hours later, and then a couple days later, Caicedo comes out and says, "Oh, like I bleed Chelsea, like I I had to I had to say yes to Chelsea, like all this stuff." We're sick of that as Chelsea fans, you know. We we dealt with that in the summer and got hype, and now it's just kind of you. We know what it looks like, but we got to move on. This is enough Chelsea talk uh, for this episode. Um, let's get into uh, let's get into a game recap though combo real quick. Arsenal Villa. Top four matchup, huge, huge title race implications. I know it went your way as a Liverpool fan, but uh, talk, talk to me about this one nothing win for Villa. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant game. I mean, I said, I said in the recap last week that McCullough accepted not being able to be on on the on the sideline was going to be a big was going to be a big um, thing for Arsenal to come, and that they needed him. They, they needed his voice. They needed him being face to face with the players and the villagers. I don't want to say they completely dominated the game because it was still fairly close in, in terms of like possession and shots and, and so on and so forth. But I think when I am Regis has Villa playing ridiculous right now, with what, 15 straight wins, is it, at, at, at Villa Park? Yep. I mean, like, Villa Park's becoming a fortress. And I, I think, like, what's it called? I remember, just shout out David Young. He texted me saying, um, like, after the City game that the that, uh, City sucks. And I was like, bro, you know, watch out. It's not that city sucks. The Villa's is playing ridiculously well. Yeah. And then we saw Villa from the front for Tom McGinn scored in the seventh minute of the game. And then from then on, they, they just controlled the pace. They controlled the they controlled the flow of the game. I think we we've given Omri enough credit. But I mean, look at it. Arsenal had sixty one point five percent possession of the game. 
and they still lost. I mean, look <coughs> the total other chance is twelve to ten. Wow, sixteen eleven. The shots not go five to three. This is a very close game. I mean, the thing is, like, you look at the possession, you look at the the stats, really, and you th- and you say Philip had the lesser of the stats, but they dominated the game. It felt like, um, yeah, that's just it goes to it doesn't tell me anything about Arsenal or Villa. It just tells me that Villa Park is has overtaken uh, Newcastle as the scariest place to go in the Prem right now. I know, I know, Anfield's up there, combo. I'm not disrespecting Anfield. I'm yeah, just, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying right now. I'm just saying right now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying right now, of the lesser teams outside of the big six, uh Villa Park and Newcastle are definitely the the best you, you know, home stadiums, uh, and hardest to go and win at. And Arsenal struggled with that this weekend. Uh they were uh, under pressure down the stretch. Uh Arsenal and credit to Villa here though, combo, here's my biggest point though. Is Ars- it, it always you know every Arsenal game this this year doesn't matter who they're playing feels like they're gonna get one late whether they're winning three 0 or it's one one and they go get a winner they're gonna get one late we saw it against United they got two to win that game three one uh we saw it against Luton obviously to win but they didn't get, they shut them out shutting out Arsenal this year has been one of the hardest things to do they're the third highest scoring team in the Champions League and they sit second in the Prem right now. Uh, so credit to Villa. I really hope Villa finish in the top four though at this point, combo because I know Chelsea's not anymore. Um, I want I want to see Villa replace Newcastle because I think they're more likable. But I want to shout you out though, combo because you said John McGinn would score, man. I did, and and he went on and did it. I, I think I think I was I was pretty spot on with the calls I made last week. I don't know if I was the better man, I should have put money on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you also called the the United thing, but I mean that's. That's not hard to do right now, but let's 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 skip table talk right now because I think we'll get into that uh, in game picks. But let's talk about our top ten teams in the prem right now. Let's go team for team, starting from ten. Combo, let you go first. This is our top ten teams, not you know what we think of the top ten in the table right now. Yeah, I think if we're going on top ten teams. Now we're going to the table. I think for ten, I'd have to put Luton Town there. I know, I know, I know. I love that. City, and it's kind of like, like if we're going off like teams, I mean, who in the world would have thought that Luton Town would be able to get results from the, the from the top six teams in the Prem? I mean, obviously, they get a point against um, they get a point against Liverpool. They only lost two one to City, which could have been worse. <laughs> and, and they they were in that game for most for like the enti- entirety of the. Well, they were winning for a while. Yeah, and then, and then it takes a 96-minute header from Declan Rice and Arsenal to beat them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the team that's honestly defied all odds. So, for me, I'd I put Luton Town at 10. You ready for my number 10, dude? Let's hear it. Everton. Okay. Everton are just terrible, but they, uh, if you look at the table, you add 10 points to them, they don't cheat. They are sitting in 10th spot. Uh Ahead of, uh, I think, what is it, Palace or Fulham or someone? It's someone, you know, someone random. But yeah, they're sitting ahead of yeah, they're sitting ahead of Fulham, Brentford, and Chelsea. Uh, they absolutely dominated Chelsea this week. It was an embarrassment from uh, from them. But yeah, we talked about that enough. But Everton's gonna be my number ten team right now. So two two teams that are in the bottom five of the table right now, who we think uh, can beat anyone. Let's go nine though, combo. Yeah, for nine, I, I I've been. Thoroughly impressed with how Bournemouth has been this season. I'm not gonna really? lie. 
I'm showing a lot of love to teams we don't really get to talk about just because they're not really in the in the midst of any like European glory or anything like that. But I mean, to get three goals at Old Trafford, I mean, shout out Dominic Solanke, former Liverpool Academy graduate, yep. back hill. That was absolutely wonderful. I think they've been a big surprise too because like with Bournemouth and teams like Burnley, Sheffield, they come up and down every year. So it's nice to see Bournemouth sticking above the relegation zone for the first time in a while and being able to hang on. So, so I want to show, I want to show Bournemouth a little love there. At nine, I went with Brentford, another team that's super inconsistent. But I, but for this bottom like six teams, like I say, my next three or four are like this as well. Just teams that can beat you anyone on any day. Like they beat Chelsea, they killed Chelsea when I woke up at four four thirty. Uh, but yeah, Brentford's gonna be my number nine team. I think we're just I, I like that we're going teams under the radar, but can beat you on any day. So we're we're just proving why the Prem is the best league in the world right now. Yeah, and then for my eighth spot, I would have to go. Unfortunately. Actually, there, there is no unfortunately. I mean, like, I don't care if they've been decimated with injuries. I just don't like this team that, that one bit. Um, being a Liverpool Red, I've been raised to absolutely despise this team. And But I have to give them credit for the, what they've done. I mean, Everton have to be eight. Um, I think they are... But putting all personal reasons aside, I think they've been they've been impressive. I mean, to be to have a ten point deduction still right now be above the relegation zone is it's, it's impressive. I have to give it to you. I mean, I think Sean Knight's I absolutely despise when he plays against Liverpool. I think parking the bus is the most annoying strategy in professional soccer. But they're winning. I mean, they have what seven wins so far this season. I'll, I'll just give I'll just give them the credit too. I'll put them at eight. Sean Dyche. I, I hate Sean Dyche, dude. I mean, what an idiot. Uh, does he? I I feel like he sits there and and just screams at his players in the locker room. I don't I don't feel like he has the tactics. Like like the whole like park the bus thing is like a myth. Like someone else does it, dude. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, ever yeah yeah. I already talked about Everton. I mean, they're playing out of their mind. At eight, I've got uh I've got Brighton though. Um, I took I think Brighton are another team that one healthy, uh can challenge for a top four spot. I think they have they have game changers is what is what makes them good. Matoma is one of the best players in the league. He's been injury riddled this season. Um Ferguson obviously the eighteen year old uh coming up, Evan Ferguson coming up this year. Uh he's gonna get a big move in the summer probably. But yeah, they're gonna get raided in the summer again, um and lose a bunch of guys. I know but the thing with Brighton this year is injuries. Um and obviously being a a small club like them, they don't have the depth like a like a bigger team. So uh Brighton's gonna be my number eight spot. Come on, let's go seven. Yeah, seven actually yeah, Brighton. So I'm glad you talked about that. Yeah, I pretty unfortunate. I mean, honestly, Fati just got hurt too. The wonder kid from Barcelona who came over. I think Roberto Deserbi has been a fantastic manager. I think when when Potter left Brighton, everybody was like, "What's gonna happen to Brighton?" Oh my god, like this guy in the third. But Deserbi's been absolutely wonderful, and probably even better than Potter could have been. Um, I like you, like you already touched on it, but I guess, I guess I'll go to my sixth spot mm-hmm. just because we're talking about Bright and I have West Ham. I think on their day, West Ham can beat anybody and everybody. 
especially when David Moyes is cooking. We all know how great how great of a manager he's been. His his kind of like career reassurance ever since he went back to West Ham. Um, I think I think Lucas Paqueta is one of the best midfielders in the entire world, let alone the Prem. I think either come January or in the summer, Paqueta is going to be playing for a top, top, a top, top club. Um, all right, and right now they're sitting at ninth. I know it's been kind of up and down this season, but when West Ham are on their day, I think I think they're a top team in the Prem. Yeah, they just got another big win in the uh, Europa League. Um... I couldn't put West Ham on here because of their performance last weekend. Five no to my number seven team actually, and that's Fulham. Uh, I think Fulham is another team that just have just players that are gonna be just gone in the summer. I mean, you sent me one the other day. Paulinho is looking at Liverpool. Or Liverpool's looking at him. That's great signing by Liverpool. But let's, I mean, the player is great. Uh, their midfield is one of the strongest. They have they have depth. They have you know depth on the wings, especially one of my favorite players of all time, Williams. Uh, cooking for them and Jimenez uh looks like he's back to to pre-injury Wolves Raul Jimenez I mean he's looking really well he's he, week in week out he's scoring so uh I th- I've got Fulham at seven and then my number six team is going to be Newcastle uh I know they've been injury riddled this season but they put on a performance against AC Milan again in the Champions League and I know they're out of European football but their performance in the Champions League is why I have them at six I think that their ability to Go toe to toe with PSG. Go toe to toe with AC Milan. I know they finished. Ended up finishing fourth, but they got unlucky. Uh, that's where I think that experience changes an entire team. It changes the manager as well. Eddie Howe is one of the best managers in the league. Um, but yeah, for for me to not put Newcastle at six here, like for a team to go toe to toe with PSG, uh, I'm picking them against most teams in the Prem. Like this is Champions League, first time in the Champions League in like what twenty five years, something like that. Uh, and they played very well, so I have to give them a little credit there. But let's go into our top five now. Yeah, top top five in the prem at five. At five, I honestly go with Tottenham. I think I kind of I kind of agree with the, what the top five is right now. But but just for just to give them a little more spotlight, I, I, I go with Tottenham at five. Obviously, we this this is the rightful place when it comes to the Premier League pecking order. There'll never be a there'll never be a champion a, a league winning team. There'll never be a top two team. There'll never be a top three team. There's there's creep around four and five. That's where they belong. But Tottenham, obviously, they did start the season with on it like seven and zero undefeated, and, and now they 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 kind of come down to reality due to some poor injuries, some poor play. And Pasta Kegu is still is kind of getting his um kind of getting used to the prem now. I think I think I think they thought it was gonna be all sunshine and roses, then they fell back down to reality. And they're like, oh snap, we're still the same bottling Spurs. Um, but I think I mean just this and just in terms of how their season's been, no one would have guessed it if they have the hot start. And uh, they might not be contending anymore, but they're they're only six points behind us at at the top. I mean, they're fifth by a good four or five point margin. They've been solid. I can't I can't really I can't really have a top five without Tottenham on there. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you though. I'm gonna put Tottenham at five. I'm also gonna agree with the the top five right now. I mean, I I don't know about you. Mine's the same as the table, dude. I think City's at four, Villa's at three, Arsenal two, Liverpool one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think obviously Liverpool. I have Liverpool at one. I I wrote down Arsenal at one, um, but I have Liverpool at one because I think your guys' struggles over the last couple of years has been due to a depth issue. But that's completely back. I mean, we talked about it last week. That's just so back for you guys. Endo's proven he's a he's a solid player to come in and and do a job. Grabbing Birch, obviously, that midfield depth is there. Even though it's not, I know it's not as good as it could be uh, with a couple more signings. But 
it's definitely there. Then the wings and the front three in general is just interchangeable. Gakpo, Shogosly can play as a 10. Uh, Jota, Diaz, Salah, like you guys lost Mane and got more depth um, over the last couple of years. But yeah, that's why that's been Liverpool's aura over the past couple of years. And I think it's back this year. And that's why I have them at number one. You have would you you would you would have Liverpool at number one though, right, Combo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, but we're we're Liverpool right now are a correctly given Luis Diaz goal away from being undefeated come Christmas time. Yeah, which is because when you actually think about it, yeah, we're one we're one bar mistake away from being undefeated come Christmas. And I think no one no one saw this coming. I mean, obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I told you, I mean, even though we were in the preseason, I said, even though we're not a favorite or people are thinking about us, our goal should still be to win a European Cup and contend with the Prem. And that's exactly what we're on pace to be doing. I mean, we're already through the Europa League team. That's why we benched everybody yesterday and only played the young kids. So far, so far, we've been all right on the injury front. I'm waiting for Chicago to come back. And unfortunately, Matzik did go down. But, I mean, we have the depth with Kwanzaa and Gomez. I wouldn't be surprised if we go inside a center back in January just for a little bit more depth. I think right now, the way we're sitting, I mean, we look good. I mean, Joshua went down a couple weeks ago, but he'll be back come the new year. So I, I, I think this break of having one game this week, one next week, and then we have having a little rest in the year for the squad. I think I think I told you that this first half of the season was just us figuring out, figuring out the new midfield play, how we're going to work. Now, now that we see that we can really win this prep, and and, and we can really like win, we're in control of this right now. I already know for a fact Jurgen Klopp is going to sign a defensive midfielder come January. Yeah, there is no way in hell he does not because. How many times can you look at a squad and be like, they can do it? Well, like, this is one of the few times the last few years since the year when we actually um, ran Rampart and had, had what, 32 wins and three draws and told like that we're absolutely killing everybody. That you can like, live a club right now. And the thing is, we're still being doubted because the club loves even more. Like right now, like we're first in the table, but we're still kind of the underdog in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. People still think City are going to get their stuff together, but City has three losses already. If they get what four four losses before February, I don't care who you are, you don't win the Premier League like that. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's insane. It's a, they've made the road harder than it even has to be, and we're already and we're what, on match week seventeen this weekend. So I think right now we're in the driver's spot. We need to get number six. I would love John Paulina. I think um, he's what he's what prem proven. If we get him for around forty to fifty mil, I think it'd be a great signing. Um, and yeah, I, like I have no complaints as, as a Liverpool fan right now. I have no complaints right now about how the squad's been doing. Yeah, I think that the fact that City are just not in the top three of the prem right now is scaring a couple people because that just. Tells you how good the Prem is. I mean, the fact that City, you know, dominate the Prem over the last couple of years and people start to say, oh, it's not the top league in the world anymore. And then you have a year like this where Liverpool could win, Arsenal could win, City could win, Villa could win, Tottenham could get their stuff together and, and, and make a run. Uh, you have a, just a super inconsistent uh, four to ten teams, uh, which is good for the league. And it's fun to watch. And I think, I think yeah, right now, obviously, Liverpool's won because of the depth. Uh, I don't think Arsenal have that. Um, they didn't have it last year. It's a little better this year. Um, but down the stretch of the season, you're going to need that uh, in those later games. But, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. That game next week's massive. Um, but let's get into uh, game picks, Combo, to wrap this up. Obviously, Combo, I think I think you're 2-0 and 
uh like on on pod game picks i think you've gotten me you've gotten me twice uh in total points for the week but i'm gonna make a whole table after this podcast and 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 put some points on there and then we'll 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 see who's on on top at the end of the season so we officially started i'm gonna make note of this i think what 15 match week 15 combo yeah, yeah, match with 15 is where we started officially counting this. Yeah, so we have over half the season uh, on record uh, after this podcast. Um, but let's get into it. Let's start off with Tottenham Forest right now in the 35th minute. We we do every big six team, uh, their game, and then we pick one random game. And I think I got one circled for this week, Combo. I think you probably know what it is. But Forest, Tottenham, 35th minute right now, Combo. What's going on? What, what, are you, what are we predicting for the rest of the game? Yeah, I think the rest of the game, this one at is... Forest, at Forest. At Forest, I, I I mean, Tottenham are already dominating possession, 70 to 21. Two shots on target already. This, this is a win. I, I say 2-0 Tottenham in this one. Zero. Uh, I think 1-0 Tottenham in this game. Obviously, it's going on. I mean, I made that mistake shit on the pod yesterday. But, uh, uh, yeah, give me 1-0 Tottenham. Um, and remember, for, for Pickham, obviously, because it's hard to not pick the better team in the Prem, especially when they're playing a team like Forest. Uh, the score predictions matter. So, let's go to the next game. Chelsea Sheffield combo. Let, let, let I'll let you go first here. And I, I, I know Tyler has been has been been happy at the bridge at the bridge. Having some marriage issues with Chelsea lately, but I mean, look look at it historically. Chelsea has lost to Sheffield in in a meaningful game in a long time. I don't see it happening anytime soon. I mean, I think you have to go back to what nineteen ninety three the last time Sheffield. Beat Chelsea in a meaningful game, and I, I think if I were Chelsea fan, this is a get-right game. You know, this is this is at Stamford Bridge. You're in front of your home crowd. If you're Cole Palmer or Raheem Sterling, Cuckoo's gonna be in the squad. This is a game where you know what? For forget United, we're gonna take all our frustration out of Sheffield. This is a game Chelsea should win three-zero easily. Sterling should back a goal. I wouldn't be surprised if Cuckoo bags an assist or something first game off. Just a couple minutes in, this is a game Chelsea should win. So I'm going three-zero Blues. Give me four one Chelsea masterclass performance. You know why combo? Because two minutes before you called me, I saw a meme on Instagram that was like uh like one of those like breathing like tracker things you see in the hospital, but it's like Chelsea like oh we're back or like we're shit. Uh, this is a we're back game, and I'm gonna be saying we're back after this game. Um, I've never been that guy to say we're back. I just always get annoyed. Like when we beat Tottenham four one, I was like oh my god, like are you serious? Like no way we just won that game. Um. But yeah, we're gonna dominate this week, uh, and it's gonna be uh really bad when we lose to whoever we play next week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, four one Chelsea at the bridge, and Cuckoo's back. If Cuckoo bags one, I'll say that we're back. But if he doesn't, then I'll just be like, all right, whatever. But I'll be watching, of course. City Palace combo at the empty head. What are we saying? Uh, this is an interesting one. Yeah, obviously, if if it was at Palace. Oh, for the way the Palace, I think Palace would have more of a shot. I mean, I, th- I think they're going to be back from injuries. I know the Corey didn't play. At least they came on late. Um, they've had a couple injuries. But we all know that Crystal Palace always gives City issues in the Premier League. I don't know why. It's been no buggy team for the last four years, four or five years in the Pep era. But I think this is a game City should win. It's home. It's, it's in the empty hand. So City should get this one 3-1. 3-1. I'm going to go 2-0 City here. I think Palace give them give them trouble every time. And I think that we're going to get a performance from Elise that's going to make Pep want to sign him uh, come January. Like I could, I could see Elise to City rumors coming up in January, coming up in the summer. 
uh, after this game. And I think he's going to put a, put in a performance, and Palace will too. Um, I know 2-0 sounds like a dominant win for City, but yeah, I think Palace is going to put in a performance. This is going to be one of the best games of the weekend, in my opinion. But yeah, give me, give me City 2-0. The next game is going to be one of our random games of the week, though. Newcastle-Fulham. This is a really interesting one. Yeah. Honestly, Newcastle has been one of the teams that's been ravaged by injuries as well, but it is in St. James Park. So I think, I think, I think, when it comes to Premier League football, the home games absolutely matter because the difference in fans and quality is just is just amplified. You know what I mean? Yeah. St. James Park has been a fortress for just just the Premier League has been around. You know what I mean? We're talking yeah. about like Alan Sherry bagging goals for them. I mean, like. It's just one of those games you really don't want to get behind them and go down playing them. So I think even though they've been ravaged by injuries, I don't want to pick the favorite again, but you just have to in this one. I think Fulham are going to bring it. I, like, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk by any means. I think it could either be a 2-2 draw or even a 3-2 win for Newcastle. Yeah. I think, watch this, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go Fulham 2-1 here. I think, okay. and and my reasoning is because I already talked about how big St James Park is uh, is a factor in the prem, but Fulham are rested. Newcastle are exhausted. They just got eliminated from the Champions League. Heartbreaking. Um, they could have gotten into the Europa League. Uh, they got a late goal from Chuck Weze, uh for AC Milan at home. Um, that takes a toll on on a team that's not experienced in in, in European football. And Fulham are hot right now. Five nil against West Ham combo was their last game. Uh, I'm gonna go Fulham two one here. Uh, to upset Newcastle, and I th- I think we could see some some late drama in this game. This is one of the best games of the weekend, though, in my opinion. These are two very very good teams, very well constructed teams as well. Um, last two games though this weekend are two of the best: Arsenal Brighton at the Emirates combo. Yeah, this is gonna be a fantastic game. It can be. If you are somebody who loves the technicality of soccer and just loves seeing like great teams build and react and chess, like 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 a proper chess match, it's exactly what this game is going to be. You have two of the top managers in world football, Teta and um, I, I think I think it's going to be a good game. I think if, if Brighton were able to have Fati, it'd be an even better game. But this is a game Arsenal should win. Obviously, coming off a tough loss in Villa, they come back home in the Emirates. I think I think Arteta will be back for this one. So this is a game that I I, I like Arsenal two one. Give me Arsenal three two, uh, and another thriller at the Emirates. Um, I think Brighton are going to put up a very strong performance and kind of remind the league that they are one of the best teams. Um, obviously, uh, they've been injury riddled. We already talked about them a lot on this podcast, but. I think this is going to be a great game, and it is kind of a trap game for uh, for Arsenal between Villa and Liverpool. Uh, they've, they've got to deal with Brighton this week at home. I think they handle business, so 3-2. I can see them going up 3-1 and giving up like an 86-minute goal uh, to make it 3-2 and then just hanging on uh, to win 3-2 uh, finally. But let's get into your game, though, Kamal. Liverpool-United, the biggest game in in the Prem probably. Uh, I know it's probably not anymore, but rivalry-wise it probably is. Um, let's talk about it. At Anfield, what is going to be the difference in the score combo? Let us know. Listen, we beat them 7-0. We beat them 5-0. We beat them 4-2. We beat them 3-0, 3-1. We beat them by every score, man, of imaginable. I think this is going to be a game where we see the class that Liverpool possess. 
I think it's gonna be a game where the boys are gonna be up for it. I mean, everybody's well rested. Like like most of the stars didn't play last night in the Europa League because we already clutched it. Yep. So the boys got a rest. We're gonna be fully amplified, ready to go. I'm already seeing a Mosala goal. I'm already seeing a Dar Wizzy assist. I'm already seeing a Dominic Shoboslai goal. I'm already seeing a Trent Masterclass. I'm already seeing Ten Hag like fumes coming out of his bald head on the touchline. Oh Bob smiling and Kenny Douglas happy and Sir Alex Ferguson being disappointed once again. This is a game that Liverpool have dominated in the last week's fixtures. Obviously, this is the Premier League. Anything can happen. I'm not going to write off Manchester United totally, but come on, this is Anfield. Anfield. There is there there is no. I promise you this. I promise you this. There is no way in hell. Jurgen Klopp at Anfield. They finally unveil Anfield Row, and Jurgen Klopp and the boys have had rest, and Jurgen Klopp does not have these boys ready to go. I promise you to God, Darwin Nunes is going to be ready to go. All the boys are going to be scoring. It should, should be a great game again for us. I'm going with I'm going with four one Liverpool. I think United will be able to get one. I think I don't know if it comes from Rashford or off a cheeky head or something like that. Because I mean, we're going we're, we're going to get up early, then we're going to relax, and then some bullshit's going to happen. It happens almost all the time. But yeah, I think this the thing. This should be another dominant Liverpool win as as we as we proceed to contending for this title yeah and my hatred for united went through the roof uh when they beat chelsea i mean i already hated them but like i said earlier i'm a liverpool fan in this game uh give me one nil at halftime combo end the game four nil uh i don't think you guys are going to concede to this team this is you guys are too strong defensively allison's too good to let up a goal to you know rasmus Hoyland hasn't even scored in the prem rashford's falling off sanchez nowhere to be found anthony your guy anthony is a is I don't even remember the last time he scored to be honest. Um, and then Garnacho. What? But I think Garnacho is probably the biggest threat, uh, for them going in. I mean, I don't even know if he's injured. I saw something that that said there's like t- a bunch of guys out for United, but Garnacho versus Trent's gonna be very interesting. I always like when Trent's up against a solid winger. Um, and see how he plays. I know he's gonna put in a offensive performance so let's see how he plays against one of the most technical wingers in the prem right now um but yeah and, four four no liverpool yeah and not gonna lie just because of the injuries we have with uh, um, McAllister is not going to play he's out for a little bit if i'm jurgen klopp the team that i would oh no and combo just cut out and that's terrible that's shocking i i think he was gonna get into his uh <laughs> his team that he wants against united this happened last week. Oh, this is funny. But, yeah, his team he wants against United. I'm going to say, I'm going to predict what he's going to say. I'm going to say he's going to put Endo in the midfield. Oh, look, we got him back. Oh, it's and the phone problems just are back, Combo. They're back. They're back. Uh, I was just predicting what you were going to say for your lineup, though. Sometime soon, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was predicting what you were going to say in your lineup, and I want to I hear what you said or what you are going to say. I said I said you're gonna put Endo in the midfield, and then I said, uh, yeah, that's basically all I said. And then you called. All right, all right, bet. L- let me know you're ready to go back last. We can finish this up. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're good. And yeah, so sorry, sorry for the phone issues again. I'm sure I'm working on it, guys. I'm ho- hopefully seeing it gives me the new fifteen. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
if I was going with McAllister being hurt, I wouldn't mind Endo being there. But I think just because of how open United played, especially in that Chelsea game, oh my God, they were so open in the park that yeah, I know you texted me during that. Yeah, could have scored three or four goals. I think he goes for a more offensive game. I think he's gonna go. Go. I would put Gomez at right back and start training the midfield from the from the get go. That's what I would love to see happen. I really doubt he does, but I I go Trent, grab him on the left, show Bubba on the right, then Darwin, Diaz, and Mo in the back line. Gomez. Kanate, if not Kanate, Kwanzaa, and then Van Dyke and Simikas, and then uh, Allison and Goal. I think this is the game where Manchester United, they're they're like the Chargers. Once right. you get up on them, they're going to quit. You know, if we, if we get two or three goals by halftime, this team will quit. So I, mean, I think we do what we always do and punish them, all gas, no breaks, and get up, and then just, just ease it out for the last 25. Yeah, so, so you go 4-1, I go 4-0, and I think United fans would be delighted if they react if they reacted with how the Chargers reacted. I mean, that was shocked. You see that this morning? Yeah, the, the GM I, 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 and the head coach are gone. Bro, and they just uh, got rid of the defensive uh, coordinator assistant, like like the running game assistant. Yeah, yeah, they completely freaked out uh, after a shocking Thursday night football performance. But yeah, I think United fans would be delighted if that happened uh, come Monday morning uh, after a loss to Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this pod. Uh, we'll be back next week preview previewing uh, another huge game for uh for Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I mean we we got CFB Mondays this week as usual. David's probably back on the pods next week. I know we missed we missed some fourth quarter pod this week, but uh yeah, Carson obviously just put one out today, and then uh yeah we got that next week or on Sunday probably. But combo man, thanks for coming on once again. I'm excited for your te- to watch your team dismantle United this weekend. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up and we will, uh, we'll see you guys next week.